0: Welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast, where reverence meets relevance. We are currently in a four-part series titled Miracles, Encounters with Christ. This series will culminate with Holy Week. If you are in the Central North Carolina area between April 1st and Easter Sunday, April 8th, please join us for Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday celebrations. All service dates, times, and locations can be found on our website at www.NewHopeNC.org. Now here's this week's message from our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. Welcome, New Hope. How are we doing today? Good, 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 good. Well, welcome to part two of our miracle series. It's, uh, it's great to have all of you guys today. You know, as, as teachers, we always stand up here and we tell you guys how excited we are about our series and I wonder, wherever you're at, all of our campuses, whether you're here at Central, whether you're in Garner, the, the coffee house, you are at NCCIW, I, I wonder, why don't you guys tell us how excited you are about this series, okay? So like on the count of three, I want you guys to shout, clap, you're, you're here today because you believe that God still encounters us today. You guys ready? I, w- I want to hear from you as we, as we get started today. So on the count of three, all of our campuses, wherever you're at, one, two, three. Yeah, nice, nice. Nice. That blew me away. <laughs> well done. Well done. That was everywhere. I'm sure Garner, Coffee House everywhere. You know what? I, I'm so glad that you're here today. If you can hear my voice wherever you are, I am glad that you are here. Because I believe that this, this passage that we're going to hop in today, I believe that the, the, the message that we're going to hop in today is for all of us. I remember I, I heard a preacher uh, preach this sermon. I was uh, 16, 17 years old. I was at some Christian music festival, and I heard him you know, use this passage, and it changed my life forever, and it, and it still does, and I want to share it with you guys today. Uh, why don't we go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, we're going to hop into verse 46 in, in just a second, but let me ask you this. As we're getting started, let me, let me ask you this. If you could talk to one person who's currently alive today, who would it be and what's one question that you'd ask them? Who is it? And what is one question that you'd ask them? You know, I, th- I think there's different seasons in our life where there's different people that are like, man, if I could just talk to so and so and ask him this one question, it would like it would change everything in my life. And I wonder, have you ever had the opportunity to talk to that one person? I have. It was, a, it was a pretty cool encounter, but unfortunately, it didn't go so well for me. <laughs> I was a, I was a, a young pastor, uh, 22, 23, something like that, and I had the opportunity to, to, to meet this pastor. You see, I, I've been reading his books for months. I've been reading his books for months, and I was so inspired by his books that I actually began writing him emails and asking him questions via email. And then he actually started responding to my emails and then his staff started responding and I started having conversations over the phone with his staff. I was so inspired by this church out in Los Angeles that my wife and I, we actually began dreaming about starting our own church. I mean, I was so inspired by this guy. I actually went out to his church. The, his church was hosting a conference. I went out to his church. I, I was so excited. I remember it was the first night of the conference, and the place was, like, buzzing, and we were just, everybody was excited to be there. I was there with another church. One of the guys was one of my friends, and we were sitting in the upper deck, and this hand came, and, and put it, it was right on my shoulder, and I looked up, and it was this pastor. And who it was, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, because some of you would know him, some of you wouldn't, but he, he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he, he reaches his hand down, and he says, Hi, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? I said my name, and immediately I was, I was shocked. He was like, oh, yeah, we've been talking, haven't we? And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm telling you, like, my, my day was made, right? Like, the conference, like, I could go home, like, I met him, like, we're good. And he says, hey, before the conference is over, I want you to come and find me. I want to talk to you. And I'm like, man, like, this is all right. Like, you know, the conference hasn't even started. And I'm, like, meeting the guy who's, like, launching this whole thing. Well, the next day, me and my buddy, we were sitting in a breakout session, and uh, my buddy taps me on the shoulder, and I look back, and he's standing out in the hallway. And so we we quietly sneak out of our breakout session. We walk out there to him, and I walk up to him, sure that he's going to remember this face, right? So I I walk up to him, and I'm like, hey. He's like, hey. (laughs) He's like, he introduces himself again, and he says, hi, what's your name? (laughs) And I was crushed. And I stuck out my hand and I introduced myself again. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot. We met yesterday." He was like, "I met a bunch of people." Like, yeah, I know. I'm just one of those people. <laughs> and he said, I was before I could ask him a question, he looks at me and he says, "What can I do for you?" "What can I do for you?" See, I I was convinced, I was convinced that we've been emailing and I've been sharing my plans and my stories and I'd already been asking him questions. I was convinced that he was like, I want to talk to you because I want to tell you how great of a job you're doing. I'm going to tell you, man, like I'm so glad you've been reading my books and you've been so inspired by them to go and and do this great work for God. You're going to change the world. Like I was just, I was sure that that's what he was going to say to me. And instead he asked me a question and I froze. (laughs) I'm meeting the guy I, I've wanted to meet now for months, maybe even years. I've wanted to meet this guy, and I'm, I, I'm frozen. I, 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 don't even, I don't know what to say. And so my buddy, like, he jumps in, and he starts talking, because crickets are going, right, like, beside us. It's so quiet. As I'm standing there, I'm like, okay, like, like what? Okay, I've got to think of something. Like, I look like an idiot in front of this guy. Like, what am I going to say? And I, I eventually asked him a question. I remember the question. It wasn't, it wasn't anything profound. And the the conversation was over and I walked away. And I remember walking away feeling so, so unsatisfied. Not because of anything that he said to me, but because I wasn't ready for that moment. I was was so unsatisfied by my response to him. This guy that could have given me so much, that could have shared so much. When he said, what can I do for you? I had nothing to say. Today we're going to meet a man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus comes face to face with a man who can change everything for him, his whole situation. And before Bartimaeus can get to him and ask him a question, Jesus flips it on him and he says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus isn't looking for a question back. He's looking for a response. He's looking for a response. And Bartimaeus' response speaks to us today. It speaks to us today. You see, the overarching premise for this whole series is not to look back on encounters with Christ it's it's not simply to look at miracles that happened 2,000 years ago it's to look at those and see that they're still happening today to to know that that God through his spirit still encounters us today that there's still miracles happening that God is transforming lives he's transforming marriages he's transforming students here today in our midst and it's, what, I, what I want more than anything today is for each of us to, to look at this story in Mark chapter 10 and to see a little bit of ourselves in Bartimaeus. So I tell you what, let's hop into it. Let's, let's look at Bartimaeus right now. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It says this, Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. He was sitting by the roadside begging. You see, we, we find out a lot in a very short period of time. See, like Bartimaeus, we all have a reputation. We all have a reputation. Because we all come from somewhere, don't we? We all come from somewhere. We, we learn right off Bartimaeus is a son, he is the son of Timaeus. Timaeus himself had a reputation, right? He was thought of something. We, we, don't, we don't know what people thought of him, but whatever people thought of Timaeus, it was passed on to Bartimaeus. We all come from somewhere. We all have a history. Sometimes we even have a history that's given to us. I remember when I stepped in the very first day of high school, very first day, right? New transitions, new things. I step in day one and I had a nickname. It wasn't a nickname that I wanted. Certainly not a nickname that I would have chose for myself. But my brother, I had an older brother. He was two years older than me. And when he was on the baseball team as a freshman, the seniors gave him a nickname, and it stuck. In high school, like, especially baseball players, can be very creative, right? Like, very, very creative. That's a joke. Sorry. And so they, they decided, instead of calling my brother by his last name, which is Lunsford, they would call him Lunch Turd. It's, it's a great nickname, right? Like, I'm saying, like, High school boys can be very creative. So, after a couple weeks, they decided lunch turd became just a little too long. And so they shortened it to turd. They shortened it to turd. So, I came in, not knowing any of this history, not knowing any of this, day one of high school, I'm turd's little brother. Can you imagine what my nickname was? little turd and i remember going home that first day of school and i looked at my brother and i'm like really (laughs) you couldn't shake this one (laughs) like come on man and it stuck and i grew up in a small town and in a small town things stick don't they uh, you know, when I look out at like, a place like this in, in the triangle where we've got all these major cities that sort of collide together and there's so many transplants because of all the universities, I think it's easier sometimes to kind of rewrite our identity, to rewrite our image because there's, there's people that they just don't know us. But here's the interesting thing. Even when people don't know us, the image bears itself down deep inside of us. That there's, 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 there's a history that stays with us that even when others don't know it, we know it we know it like Bartimaeus we 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 have a reputation we all come from somewhere and like Bartimaeus we all have limitations Bartimaeus was blind when Mark starts out to tell us about Bartimaeus he says he was a son and he was blind Bartimaeus was known by what he couldn't do he was known everywhere everybody knew it Bartimaeus cannot see and he sat on the roadside begging every day and he heard it you're blind you're blind you're blind you're blind you're blind and it seems like eventually he listened to the voices he had he had accepted his limitations he had accepted what he couldn't do which i think went to the third part of his reputation he was a beggar a blind son is who he was a beggar is who he had become little by little he heard the voices you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this it seems like eventually Bartimaeus listened. Eventually, Bartimaeus agreed, and he had decided to sort of give up on life, that he couldn't do stuff for himself, and he would just rely on others to receive it. Like Bartimaeus, we hear voices too, don't we? And they never stop, do they? Like Bartimaeus, we all come from somewhere. People would say, I know who you are. You're the son, or you're the daughter of... I know you, you're never going to become better than you currently are. I know you, you're, you're, you're just a single mom. You're, you're just a single dad. You're divorced. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your kids are out of control. You wear those clothes. You live in that apartment complex. You're out of work or you work in that job that you hate because you don't deserve more. The voices come, and they come, and they come, and they come, don't they? And they would like you to believe that you're the only one, that nobody else hears these voices. It's just you, but it's not true. See, like Bartimaeus, we all, we all have a reputation. But like Bartimaeus, we can hear a different voice. Like Bartimaeus, we can hear a different voice. See, in Mark chapter 10, going on to verse 47, it says this, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and they told him to be quiet, but he says he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. As he was sitting there by the roadside begging, he hears this crowd that's beginning to stir. And he hears that it's Jesus that's causing the stir. And it seems that he's, he's heard of Jesus before, that he, he, he knows something about him. And so he begins to cry out to him, and he begins to to shout and wave his arms and get his attention. And everybody tells him to be quiet. Sometimes there's those days that we have that we we, we just can't take it anymore, right? We, we, We tell the voices, enough. And they get louder. And they become stronger. And they become more critical. But it seems like this day, Bartimaeus had had enough. Enough. I want to get to Him. I I wonder today, is there something inside of you? Is there something inside of you that says, Enough! You've had your say. I've listened to you for years, but that stops today. Today. I, I wonder if there's even some of you wherever you're at, at all the campuses, that you're already, it's beginning to sort of come up inside you by the things that you're hearing and you're feeling and you're saying enough. Why don't we just all say it together? Ready? Enough. enough. One more time. Enough. Enough. You've had your say. I'm tired of the titles. I'm, I'm tired of the barriers. I'm tired of what they've made me. And let's look at the result for Bartimaeus. Verse 49. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. Wouldn't it be awesome to stop Jesus in his tracks? He stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, on your feet. The Greek there actually means awake, raised from the dead. He's calling you. He's calling you. There's something humorous about this passage for me. I, every time I read it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like this. I'm seeing like two kids like in a back seat. There's like an older brother and like a, maybe like a younger sibling. And, and the younger one just starts, like, screaming. And the parents turn around, and they look at the older one, right? <laughs> and he's like, shh, sh- shut up, they're going to hear you, like, quiet. That's kind of what's happening here. Because, like, one second they're saying, Bartimaeus, nobody wants to hear you. He certainly doesn't. You're not good enough to get to this guy. Quiet. And then Jesus stops and he turns around and he, he looks at them and he says, you call him you call him the man who who responded to the voice of jesus has his voice heard we just came out of this this series on favor and it's as i was reading this over the past few weeks i was struck i'm like why bartimaeus there's all these people there's this huge crowd that's stirring and yet it's bartimaeus that gets Jesus' attention We've been on this series, or we were on this series on, on favor, and I was just like, well, why, why Bartimaeus? This huge crowd, I mean, more people that are, that are far more popular than Bartimaeus that, that have far more status, and yet it's, it's Bartimaeus that gets him. All these people, they just want a piece of Bartimaeus, and yet Bartimaeus gets all of Jesus. They just want a piece of Jesus, and Bartimaeus gets all of him. Pastor Benji, during the series on favor, mentioned this scripture. I wanted to read it this morning. 2 Chronicles 16. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. What is it about Bartimaeus that stops Jesus in his tracks? You know, when when I read that passage on... In 2 Chronicles, I I, I think I I can picture God scanning the earth. There's all these people that are walking around. There's these heads bobbing, and they're going about their busy work. They're going about their busy days, not even noticing that God is looking down on them. And yet there's just a few of us out there that are like, look at me, me, I'll do it. Like, whatever, I'm in. I just want to be with you, God. I just need to be close to you, God. And God sees it. He's always on the lookout. He's always on the alert for those who would call out to him. I think Jesus noticed there was a desperation in Bartimaeus' voice. There was an urgency in Bartimaeus' voice. And while we can't see just yet what Jesus sees in him, there's three things that transpire over the next few verses that show us what what Jesus saw inside, the, the potential that he saw inside. And the first was this, Bartimaeus sought Christ above all else. He sought Christ above all else. Chapter 10, verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. The blind beggar who had long sat at the roadside hears a new voice and life comes into his body. And he runs to Jesus. I wonder how many of us have had moments We've had moments, whether it was sitting in church or it was at a conference or who, who knows where it was. I didn't grow up in church and I, I can vividly remember moments where I felt God's presence. How many of us have, have felt God's presence? We've heard His voice somehow in our lives, only to turn and ignore it and go the other way. And yet Bartimaeus hears it and he runs straight to Jesus. He runs straight to Jesus. And if we're not careful, we'll miss the significance of this short verse. It says he stands up, and the cloak, the jacket, the coat that was on his lap, he takes it and he throws it aside. Now we look at it and we'll say, well, it's just a jacket, no big deal. What's what's, what's the big deal? And yet Mark included it, didn't he? When I think of Bartimaeus, I'm reminded of uh, early morning runs that I used to do back in Pasadena. I, I would go running down Green Street, and if you've ever been to Pasadena, it's this beautiful street, but there's these big overgrown trees. And it makes it, especially when you're running early in the morning, really, really dark. And I would run down Green Street, and there were all these storefronts, and there'd be crevices where the storefronts were, and there'd be homeless people that would, that would sleep in the crevices. And as I was running, they would always, they would always startle me. But I noticed when I would run that they'd be sleeping, and when they were sleeping, sometimes if they had like a shopping cart, they would wrap their arm around the shopping cart while they were sleeping, and all their belongings were tied down to the shopping cart. Or maybe they'd have like a big duffel bag that they carried, and they'd have like their leg up on it, and kind of like, you know, holding it while they were sleeping. Why? That's all they had. It's all they had. And so they had to sleep at some point, and so all their possessions they just held on to even when they were sleeping. This is significant because this is all Bartimaeus had. He was a beggar. This coat was all that he had. It's it's what he slept on at night, on warm nights. It's what kept him warm on cold nights. It is all he had. And yet he was willing to trade in everything that he had for everything that he needed. He was willing to get rid of all this, this hurt in this pain of the past, in hopes that there was something better with Jesus. In hopes that there was something better with Jesus. I wonder today, what's sitting on your lap? What's sitting on your lap? Maybe you're tired of hearing the voices, and so you've built up so many things in your life in hopes that you, you, you could just get so busy you wouldn't hear the voices anymore. You know, I, I had this, this, this funny contrast that happened in my, in my life just yesterday. Uh, I, I spent all day long moving stuff around in my attic. You know, the, 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 the plan was to clean out the attic. But when you just have like a bunch of stuff, all you're doing is moving it from one place to another, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, I just kind of, I stand back and I'm like proud of myself. But all I've done is like kind of like stack it up better. You know what I mean? Like you're laughing because you've done it, right? And so I spent all day, like, it was Saturday, I wanted to hang out with my girls, and yet I was, like, moving my stuff around. Well, late last night, I don't know, so I'm sure everybody, you know, got some part of the storm last night, and as my wife and I, it was probably about 9 o'clock, we were, we were sitting on our couch, and our house starts shaking. I mean, just starts shaking. And I never really thought about storms much. I grew up in Indiana, and, like, we have some pretty good storms, and, you know, right in the middle of Tornado Alley, and we never really got too alarmed unless we saw, like, a tornado warning, and then we just kind of turn the channel so we could watch the, the radar. And that was about it. But I remember last spring when that, when that tornado went right through Raleigh, I remember watching it on TV while it was happening. And ever since then, I've been like, okay, this is, this is serious. Like, I should pay attention. And I, uh, my, my daughters were already in bed. And it, was, it was 9 o'clock, and the house just starts shaking, like, I mean, violently. And there was, like, this really loud roar. And I, I've never been in a tornado, but I'm like, well, like, maybe, maybe this is it. Like, we're on a watch. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's it. And stuff starts like pelting the side of our house. I mean, there's like, there's like 10, 15 seconds where I'm just like seriously nervous. And so I rush up the stairs and my, my daughter's like, I'm, I'm sure I scared the snot out of them. Like I, I just burst open the door and so my like, girls, get up! And I grab my girls and we run downstairs and we, and we run into our, our downstairs bathroom. We're just kind of like sitting there huddled up with my girls sitting in, in, uh, in our bathtub. Looking back, it's kind of funny, right? But, but in, in that moment... In that moment, I, I literally thought a tornado was coming. I thought we were in the middle of it. It had just like dropped out of the sky on our house. And I'm sitting in this moment. I'm like, I spent all day moving my stuff around. And all I really care about is right here in this bathtub with me. Right? My girls, my shampoo, you know, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> all I really care about is right there with me. What is sitting on your lap today? from getting to the point that you really need to be? What is sitting on your lap today? What do you have that's getting in the way of what you need? What is sitting on your lap today? You see, Bartimaeus, he sought Christ above all else. And Bartimaeus opened his deepest wound to the touch of Christ. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? Now we've come full circle. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to see. See, when Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? He's not looking for a question back. Well, would you. No, no, no. He's, What do you want me to do for you? And he's looking for a response. He's looking for a response. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Now we look back on that, and it's like, well, obviously that's what Bartimaeus would say, right? Like, it's the central part of like what's holding back. It's the central part of his limitations. It's the central part of his identity that he probably hates. And he comes close to you know he has this encounter with Jesus, the one who could heal him. Obviously, he would say, "Jesus, I want to see." But we look at it two thousand years later. Bartimaeus had no assurance that Jesus would make him see. This was a bold step. You see, I think if, it were, if we were Bartimaeus today, we would say, well, Jesus, I could really use some money for dinner tonight. I, I could really use the neighborhood kids to stop mocking me, or I could, I could use a new jacket. I just threw mine aside, right? Like, we, we, we would think of something small to ask or to, to say to Jesus. I wonder if people will look back on us a hundred years from now. What would they say about us? They needed compassion. They needed forgiveness. They needed healing in their lives. And we would just say, no, 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 no. Like, like I just need, like, more time in my day. I, I just, it would be nice to have my bills paid, Jesus. It would, it would be nice if my husband would start listening to me. Or it would be nice if my wife would start respecting me. We, we would think of something small, and, and I wonder if people would look back on us and say, no, 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 no. They needed their marriage restored. They needed healing in their life. They needed to stop playing games with God. That that day, when they heard that message about Bartimaeus, that they should have been more like Bartimaeus, and to seek Jesus with urgency, to seek Jesus with a, with a sense of, of desperation, Sometimes we don't like to open up those deepest wounds do we? They're, they're raw. We, we don't like to talk about them. They're our shortcomings. I remember several years ago, I was, a, I was applying for a ministry position. It was a student ministry position. There was like 300 students. And up to that point, I had never led a student ministry above like a dozen. And I was applying for this, this job. And I remember as I was like going through the interviews, I was like trying to say everything I could to like make myself sound better but it was just like the truth was the truth, you know? And I got a call from this pastor whom I had really come to like, and he calls me and he says, hey, I just want you to know, like, you're not getting the job we've offered to somebody else who has more experience. As I'm sitting there trying to kind of collect myself because I really wanted this job, he says, but I see something in you. I see something in you, and I wonder, what would you think about coming and doing like an internship with us? Because I, I think that you could do a job like this soon and i would love to pour into you he just said i need to know this what do you need from me to go to the next level and i had this moment of pride um i wanted that job (laughs) i didn't say this i'm thinking it um there's other jobs that are like offering much better pay that i had have much bigger influence like i need those that's what i'm thinking and then it hit me I could be honest. I could put my pride aside and say exactly what I needed. Well, I need more training in this and I need to spend time with a a leader who can do this and I need opportunities to do this and be critiqued. And so I just started sharing those things. He said, that's great. That's great. I I needed to know that. I'm going to call you tomorrow with with an offer and a position. We'd love to get you out here as soon as possible. All because I was willing to put my pride aside and say this is what I need. I wonder today, what is that for you? What is that for you? What has been right here that you say, Jesus, I need you to touch. I need you to touch that. You see, Bartimaeus was willing to open his deepest wound to Christ because he believed he had faith that only Jesus could heal him. He had faith that only Jesus could heal him. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on the road. When Jesus says, your faith has healed you, the Greek can actually be said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has delivered you. Your faith has rescued you. It has rescued you. You see, up to this point, Bartimaeus may have tried everything else. He may have sought every other option. Everything that he could possibly do to take care of this wound, to take care of this thing that was just right in the middle of him. And yet there's this one day, he heard this one voice and he, he, he looks at Jesus and he says, you know what? Today's the day. Today's the day I say enough. I silence the voices and I look to you. And Jesus takes him up on his challenge, right? He says, you, you listened. You, you, you came boldly. You, you responded to my question with faith. Go. Your faith has healed you. And did you notice Did you notice what Bartimaeus does? He says, immediately he follows Jesus on the road. Immediately he follows Jesus on the road. I wonder today, for you, if you were willing to to open up that wound to Christ. You're willing to come to his feet, you're willing to get close to him and open it up. First, what would that wound be that you say, Jesus, this is what I need? And then would your response be, Jesus, I will follow you on the road? i want to ask that we go ahead and stand up. See, what I find really remarkable about Bartimaeus is that we, did, we have no idea, but most likely for years he'd been blind. That every day his life was waking up, not being able to see, going to the roadside and begging. And then yet, in a moment's notice, that's changed for him. The thing that had been his crutch for years was no longer his crutch. See, what Bartimaeus understood is that once you're made new, you have to live new. I wonder for you today, are you willing? Are you willing to follow Jesus on the road? Are you willing to follow Jesus On the road, I I remember vividly the 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 day, the very first time I I walked into church, and I heard a pastor share a message, and it just tugged at my heart. I mean, it just my heart was pounding, and I knew in that moment everything had to change. No longer could I keep doing things the way that I had; that I needed to give my all to Christ. And I wonder today, what's sitting on your lap? What's sitting between you and Jesus? Will you trust, will you believe that Jesus is standing right in front of you today? And he's looking at you and he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? We're going to sing a song in just a moment at at all of our campuses called Arms Open Wide. And for all intents and purposes, the the song is is an altar call. It's an opportunity for you to say, to, to, to not only sing, but just to lift your arms and pray to Jesus. Everything I have is yours. I'm completely surrendered to you, Jesus. And I wonder today what's holding you back, and are you willing to throw it aside throughout the course of the song and say, arms open wide, I am all in, I am all yours. Let's pray. Father, Father, we stand in awe of who you are. We stand today looking for a miracle. We stand today calling out to you, God. May we never forget that you sent us the miracle 2,000 years ago. That we may be standing here today hoping for change in our lives. And the truth is this. If we would simply run to you, the change is already there. God, I pray for those who the hurt is just too deep. They've, they've listened to the voices for too long, and they say, I just can't open up to, to that touch. I, I can't open up to ask for forgiveness for my past. I, I can't offer forgiveness for someone else. I, I can't get past it. It's who I am. I, I look into the mirror, and I see it every day. Father, would you help them to hear a different voice? God, we all need to hear a different voice. We need to hear your voice. And I pray that for every one of us, before we walk out this door, we would hear you say to us individually, what do you want me to do for you? And I pray our response is this, I need you. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.